This is the Field of Streams Fantasy Baseball Podcast, brought to you by Fangraphs. Hello and welcome to the Field of Streams Podcast for Friday, April 15th. I'm your host, Dylan Higgins, joined by my co-host, Brad Johnson. Brad, how you doing? I'm good. How about you? I'm doing pretty good. Uh, we're doing another live broadcast because it's Friday. It's early. It's Friday morning. And we have another guest this week. We're joined by Scott Strandberg from Rotograph. Scott, how you doing? I'm good. I uh, I don't have an overlay yeah. um, on my, you know, there's no, like, Scott Strandberg right yeah. there. Cool little so, bar. Um, yeah, you know, I'm a little thrown off by that, but uh, other than that, I'm doing good. <laughs> yeah, we're glad to have you on. And, yeah, we got uh, live viewers here uh, that can chat with us using hashtag Field of Streams. And went well last week. We tried it with Paul and uh, hope to have more viewers now, which will be uh, fun. And, and so we'll be having those going on during this. And then if you're listening later in the future to the podcast is regular, none of that really matters, except you you know might hear some of the interaction. But, um, yeah, podcasts will go off as normal. But we're going to talk about games for Friday and uh, the big old schedule. But, uh, yeah, we're, we're joined by Scott, uh, another Rotographs writer. And, Scott, you had told me in emails that uh, you're a longtime fantasy player but kind of a newer DFS player. Can you tell us a little bit about just your experience doing fantasy stuff and how that's been? Yeah. Um, I mean, I've been playing fantasy baseball since 1999, I believe, is my first league. It was a pen and paper league. Uh, <laughs> so... Uh, going and checking the box scores in the newspaper every morning, that kind of thing. Um, so yeah, I mean, I've been playing full season fantasy ball for, you know, my entire adult life, but then, uh, I I didn't really get into DFS until, uh, maybe about six months ago, Mm -hmm. um, and got really, really hooked on, uh, NBA DFS, and so then naturally, um, just decided it was probably time to jump into baseball, and I have been really enjoying it so far. Well, right on. Has it been? Uh, how different does it feel, just strategy-wise? Obviously, doing regular, you know, fantasy for that long helps a lot. But if you, <laughs> is it just kind of a weird adjustment and change of pace for you? Well, I like not having to care about saves. Yes, <laughs> you know, getting to ignore bullpens yeah, for the most part. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I guess I, uh, I I'm I'm far more uh, aware of platoon splits on a daily basis than I used to be. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I don't I don't think other than that, there's a whole lot else that seems all that different from playing full season ball. Um, mm-hmm. You know, obviously the salary cap and stuff like that. But um, I don't know. It, it it's it's a challenge, but I don't think it's uh you know it's nothing crazy. Yeah, yeah, it's fun. I definitely, one of my favorite things of it is uh, being able to do it when you want. When I started playing, it's like, oh, I can take a day off or a week off or, like, do whatever, and you don't have to worry about your teams. Not that fantasy baseball is a huge responsibility, but just being able to be like, I'm not feeling it today, you know, is kind of nice, and you're not ignoring your teams at all. It it was one of the biggest, I wouldn't say adjustments, but differences for me that that I really noticed. Um, All right, let's let's get looking at uh, at least... Games for Friday or, or what's going on in this season. I wanted to bring up, uh, right before we get into it, though, um, and ask you, Brad, because I know you have feelings about it. Uh, this week, at least on Thursday, we saw Vince Velazquez go nuts against the Padres. I know you were yes. watching, most of us were watching. I want to talk about this Phillies rotation for a second. Um, we all know that he, you know, 
is a fireballer. He he throws real hard. He's going to get some strikeouts. Um, I was tweeting, and I think you're agreeing with me that let's keep in mind it was the Padres because right before that, Charlie Morton and Jared Eikhoff also looked awesome against the Padres, and and they're you both alright uh, too. You mean Ground Chuck? Yes, Ground <laughs> Chuck is the uh, the nickname we used for him on the podcast that I saw on uh, on Baseball Reference, but um. And then there's also, you know, Jeremy Hellickson and, and just some intriguing guys in there. So, um, Brad, you know, thumbs up or thumbs down. How are you feeling about the rotation and each of these guys in general? And, I mean, I know a lot of people are kind of surprised early in the season. Are, are you feeling that? Or are you worried about them? I, I don't think they've been very surprising to me. Obviously, this is a, a representation of their ceiling as a rotation. Uh, they don't really have an ace. Uh, Velasquez and Nola are obviously the closest things they have to that, but also are more mid-rotation types, and both are probably going to have some growing pains this year. Uh, the main thing to pick up on so far, they faced mostly bad offenses. The Reds aren't very good. The Mets have been worse, uh, probably will be better as the season goes on. And then the uh, Padres are just, they, they scored one run outside of Coors Field, I believe. Yeah, they've been uh, bad. It's a bad team. <laughs> yeah. And it's a lot of strikeouts in that roster, too. So, uh, yeah, Velasquez was excellent yesterday. Uh, Bill Petty uh, posted a strike zone plot. He worked middle-middle, like, a good portion of the day. Just threw 97-mile-per-hour heaters through bats. Mm-hmm. And so that, that's not going to play against every team. Uh, Padres, sure. Uh, a better roster, maybe not so much. Yeah. Um, I think the deal with Velasquez is he might not suddenly be an ace, but is definitely worth attention in all formats. And I saw a thing about how everyone's like, oh man, I can't believe the Astros traded him away for Ken Giles. And it's like, they knew he could throw hard. They knew he was interesting. Um, they're kind of worried about his arm. So right. I don't know that I'm running out and trading the farm for him. Cause yeah, it absolutely remains not. Still, still an interesting picture. Dynasty, man, yeah. be wary. Yeah. Um. And then when well, it comes to uh Morton and um and those guys, Morton and we talked about this in the podcast too. He's really good against righties, and the Padres are mostly righty heavy, and their lefties mm-hmm. aren't that good anyway. And so I think he's really interesting in the right matchup. But I'm not right. about to start, you know, putting him out there every week. It's a case by case thing. Um. So they have some some spot starters too. Um. Scott, what were you gonna say? Oh, I was just going to say that um, I have kind of a similar reservations for uh, Jeremy Hellickson, a guy who's on uh, today's slate. Yeah. And uh, my <laughs> my problem with him is that you know his his early numbers look so good, but then you figure that he's faced the Reds and the Mets, which are two teams yeah. that absolutely refuse to hit right-handed pitching. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, you know that gives me a lot of pause about a guy like that. Yeah. So uh, I, I find them really interesting. It's an interesting rotation, again, just in terms of these guys that uh, can be spot-started in certain situations, which is something we really like on this podcast. Being able to look at a start and go, no, I don't want him here, or more importantly, yeah, I think that this is a good matchup for him and his price might be cheap because of a poor season or a modest season, and then uh, being able to take advantage of that. So it's a rotation to keep an eye on. They're interesting. Yeah. And, and an important note uh, before we move on, uh, mm-hmm. That bullpen is just so bad. Yes. Uh, they, they don't have anybody, really, yeah. who's going to emerge anytime soon. Yeah. There are some guys on the farm. They're going to come up midseason and probably really help the bullpen a lot. Mm-hmm. But, you know, these first couple months, uh, you know, Velasquez threw a complete game, didn't give the bullpen a chance to <laughs> screw it up for him. Yeah. Uh, but if 
anytime they come in, they can a lot of runs. <laughs> yeah, so there's not a lot of security in a lot of them. But uh, yeah, I'm just it's it's nice to see a rebuilding team like that and be like, oh, like there's a bunch of uh, intriguing arms, at least interesting ones. Yeah. Not go out and grab them ones, especially, but but ones to oh, at least consider. Um, so yeah, let's go ahead and get started for Friday. And uh, as usual, we're going to start at catcher. Scott is the new guy having you come in, and uh, I'm going to let you go first. And uh, we're going to ignore the afternoon game because it doesn't fit yeah. most uh, DFS slates. Uh, the Rockies are going to the Cubs, which is interesting, but it's just not going to fit most DFS things. So for the later 14 games, of which there's still plenty to pick from, um, yeah, who's jumping off the page to you at catcher? What, what are you looking at, Scott? Man, uh... I don't know about you guys. I was not finding a lot at catcher today. I have a lot more pretty much everywhere else. Um, I think for me today, I'm going to keep it pretty simple. I think I might just be going Brian McCann or Jonathan Lucroy and just calling it a day on catcher. Um, I mean, I like McCann at home against Nate Carnes. Mm-hmm. Would not be surprised to see McCann deposit one of that short fortune right tonight. Um Lucroy at Pittsburgh against Jeff Locke. Uh, Lucroy hit righties better than lefties last year, but that's not really the case over the course of his career. And also, it's Jeff Locke. Mm-hmm. Um, the only the, the other option I wrote down from catcher, I only had three. Um, I don't really see any real reason to be contrarian at catcher tonight, but if if you have to, I think that uh, Yadier Molina against Tim Melville. Is sure. is I mean I could I could see doing that. Sure. Yeah. I I think a cardinal stack will be a little bit popular and it could be a part of that. Yeah. Um. I think yeah. we're gonna. Well, talk... Molina Molina will probably be a relatively under owned part of that stack. So yeah. that you know if you want a contrarian move, I think that's a good one. Sure. Yeah. If you want to get sneaky. Um. Yeah. I think we'll be talking about Jeff Locke a little bit today. He's an old favorite on this <laughs> podcast. Matt and I would talk about him a lot. Um. Because we used to like him as a spot starter. Um. And actually, Matt's picking him for his uh. His pick in the contest for today. He wants Jeff Locke against the Brewers. That's not my pick. I don't like the matchup for him. I think he is an intriguing spot starter, but the Brewers just have so many righties that, that, yeah. that might be uh, tough for him. So I had Luke Roy written down, definitely. Um, I also had uh, Brian McCann. I like that. I actually like Nate Carnes. Um, again, in a spot starter capability of having a good matchup, but this is not a good matchup for him. Um, I don't like him going to Yankee Stadium. He doesn't go deep in games, um, and I don't think the Mariners' bullpen's that great. So if, you know, McCann can, even if he doesn't get uh, on Nate Carnes in the first five innings, I think he'll, you know, have some opportunities after that, too. Um, Mm -hmm. Brad, do you have any opinions on those picks? And uh, who else did you like for Friday? Yeah, I also see McCann as probably the obvious top choice today. Uh, You have that nice right field porch, as Scott mentioned, and Carnes is a little homer prone, too. So that should work in, Mm -hmm. you know, he stacks favorite, favorite in general. Uh, looking a little deeper, uh, I, I like Francisco Cervelli today, and that, he's a guy I'm going to go back to again and again this year, batting fifth in that Pirates lineup. It's a solid lineup. Uh, it's a great spot for him. He's not going to be your high ceiling guy ever, mm-hmm. uh, unless you're talking about a really small contest. Uh, but in general, he's going to have a very high floor. He's uh, going to give you a hit or a walk pretty much every day. Uh, RBI chances, uh, could score some runs too. Uh, so you don't even really need to worry about PNC Park being a pitcher's park because uh, he's you're, you're looking more for multiple hits out of him. He's not going to give you much power. Sure, sure. I like that. Um, the other two names I have, um, I have JT Realmuto of the Marlins picking on Williams Perez. 
Williams Perez is a little weaker against lefties than righties, but to be honest, he's not good against righties either. He's just not a great pitcher, and that bullpen is not great. So um, if you just want to pick him as part of the stack of them doing well, I'm fine with that. I don't think it's, you know, specifically a great... Uh, it's not great splits for him necessarily, but again, I just don't believe in Williams Perez. And if you want to pick some Marlins, I'll be picking Marlins all day, especially lefties. Um, but Real Muto will be fine there. Uh, and then, um, the other one I had was Steven Vogt getting Edinson Volquez, if you want. That's lefty on righty, if you don't oh, believe in Edinson Volquez. Uh, I, am, I am so not a Steven Vogt believer. I don't know how you guys feel about that, but I just do not believe in that guy at all. Like, I, I, I don't, I don't he, He's kind of hurt right now, which definitely yeah. takes away from who he is right. and the ceiling involved. Well, and the other problem for me, too, with Vogt is that he's the kind of guy where, um... Like he's so bad against left-handers, but they also usually let him hit against lefties. Like they don't pull him for a pinch hitter against lefties. So I mean, like by the fifth inning, you could have you know just automatic strikeouts for the rest of the game if they yeah. happen to bring in a lefty. So I don't. Eh. Not His splits are so vote. bad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it, I'm. No he's not a favorite of mine by any means. I was just looking for lefty righties, and I'm also not right. an Edison Volquez super believer either but they have a good defense and a good bullpen so it's it's not one of my top picks either but uh it was the last one on my list and luckily we offered about five or six more than that so um (laughs) yeah i I don't blame you for not being that interested like i said bottom of my list when to get them out there um anyone else before we move on to first base for you guys uh, w- one guy I'll throw out there, Jason Castro, very big risk-reward play mm-hmm. up against Mike Pelfrey. Uh, yeah. the, the matchup's tasty. Uh, Castro himself is cold right now and is always very strikeout prone in general. Yeah. Uh, so you're, you have a couple of risk factors involved. But he's cheap, and he's got a good uh, matchup there with Pelfrey. Yeah, he's a, a guy that I tend to mention, and Matt is always telling me he doesn't like Jason Castro. And I'm like, he's fine. He yeah, I, I don't care for him either, but Mike Pelfrey. Yeah, like, it's Mike really. Pelfrey. <laughs> yeah, anybody, anybody, anybody that's breathing in and out is good for me against Mike Pelfrey. Yeah, uh, he, he's worth a look there. That's kind of how I feel against Williams Perez with uh, JT Real Moon. Yeah. Um, all right, let's move on to first base. Uh, Brad, go ahead and get us started. What are you thinking at first base for Friday? So there, there's a bunch of big names that you could go to today. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think you know most people are able to pick out when they have money for. Uh, these types of guys. Uh, personally, I'm looking at using one of these big aces today, uh, so I was uh, scrounging a little more. Uh, Tyler White really jumped off the page for me again against yeah. Mike Pelfrey. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's 3200 on FanDuel. It's quite affordable. Uh, he's towards the middle of that Houston lineup, so he's also going to get a good shot at some RBI. And the Tigers' bullpen's actually still pretty weak. Yeah, uh, they got they got a couple guys on the back end, but if they're not leading the game, you're not going to see them. So uh, yeah, I think that matchup for White's pre- looking pretty nice. Sure, sure. Um, I wrote down uh, David Ortiz getting Ra Dickey. I want to ask you, yeah. Brad, um, do you have any sort of strategy for trying to pick against Ra Dickey or knuckleballers in general? <laughs> like I, I look it, at it, my... it's it's Ra Dickey and Fenway, and I'm like, there's runs to be had there, there's scoring to be had there. But how do you pick out of the lineup who you think can maybe do that? Is it fly ball hitters? Is it power hitters? Like, what are you thinking? 
is he? I don't even know what to do here. I think David Ortiz can be I'll be, fine. I'll be entirely honest. When yeah. you're looking at a 14 game slate like this, my strategy with Ari Dickey is to ignore him and not touch the games involved. <laughs> yeah, I can. You know, we have a lot of options at first base and all over. I I don't blame you for that um, at all. Uh, I, I do tend to look at the batter versus pitcher data for him just to see if there's someone who's dominated him. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we, we talk about this on and off all year. Uh, it's That's something that I don't put any credence into unless it's Ari Dickey or another knuckleballer. Yeah, and even and, that's not that encouraging. Yeah, it, it's, it's right. still, I'm looking for something that's kind of ridiculous before I even think about using it. Yeah, he's kind of a big question mark. Scott, do you have any plan how to even try to pick against Ari Dickey? Um... <laughs> not really. No, not really. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't think Poppy's a bad choice at right. all. I, mean, I, you know, wouldn't surprise me at all if he runs into one tonight. Yeah, um, just not but, a lot of confidence. Yeah. yeah, not a lot of confidence. <laughs> yeah, uh, I agree. I, yeah, so I have the name written down, but I feel like there are better places to go. Um, yep. Would either of you consider? Uh, it's kind of a weird place for first base, but if you're going cheap, uh, John Jaso getting Jimmy Nelson. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I yeah. recommend him. For another site, and yeah, I'm definitely on board tonight. Uh, again, kind of like the Cervelli pick I made, uh, you're not really going to be looking for any power here, and that mm-hmm. makes it a weird first base pick. Uh, you're just trying to get a high floor out of him. Yeah. Uh, if you're if you got your Clayton Kershaw or uh, Chris Sale in the lineup tonight, though, you need someone cheap, and uh, you know, yeah. should be productive in some way. Yep. Um, I also wrote down uh, Justin Bohr getting Williams Perez. That's a lefty getting mm-hmm. Perez, and I think he'll be just fine. Uh, he has the power and a good matchup. Um, are either of you guys interested in off to a blazing start so far? And that's weird to bring him up. Uh, Joe Maurer getting Garrett Richards. I know that's not a great uh, matchup for him because it's Garrett Richards, but do you like Joe Maurer at all? Like, Is he hitting well enough that you would think of him as a DFS option? Yes, I'm on board with Joe Maurer this year. I, mm-hmm. I think, you know, he he had a couple of those best shape of his life stories attached to him. He had some vision <laughs> issues, and he also supposedly was more physically in shape this year than in the past. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, put those two together with the hot start. I'm, you know, tentatively buying. Uh, I'm not looking to you know, trade a, an established star or anything for him, but if I can get him off waivers or uh, right. plug him in cheap on DFS roster, I'll do it. Yeah. Against Garrett Richards, I'm not so sure. I yeah. was planning to give him a pretty full write-up tomorrow against uh, Jared Weaver. Sure. Uh, but uh, today against Richards, I'm probably looking at other options. Yeah, and so so cautiously interested, probably not on Friday. Um, Scott, uh, where were you looking at first base? Who is jumping off the page to you? Um, one guy we haven't brought up yet that I really, really like today is uh, if you're going to spend up at first base, I really would like to do it with Edwin Encarnacion. He's got Rick Porcello in mm-hmm. Fenway. Uh, E5 murders right-handed pitching. He hit 33 of his 39 homers last year against right-handers. Um, I, I can see... I can see Encarnacion paying off his paying off his price tag pretty pretty nicely tonight. Um, sure. So I'm a big fan of him. Um, another uh, cheaper guy I was looking at, uh, never the sexiest name in the world, but Ryan Howard is super cheap, especially on FanDuel. He's 2,300 bucks on yeah. FanDuel. Uh, and I mean, I don't know how much of Joe Ross believer you guys are, but I mean, would anybody be surprised if Howard ran into one? No, uh, I, I like. 
Joe Ross. You know, I think that's a good match yeah, we'll probably bring I mean, up. He's, but he's fine. Twenty three hundred bucks. You know, yeah. I, I agree. That's <laughs> a guy that can run into one. I saw him hit one. Uh, Ryan Howard hit one off a lefty the other day. He took Drew Pomeranz yeah. deep. Um, yep. Yeah, there's. He's. I keep saying this. He's a flawed baseball player, but. Uh, there are homers there. You know, there's power there. It, so, yeah, so. I mean, I don't, I don't love him on FanDuel. Uh, I mean, I don't love him on DraftKings. That 3,800 price tag is a little mm-hmm. high for me there. But on FanDuel, I mean, he's near minimum. Yeah, there, there's, you know, value there for sure. That's, that's not an awful matchup. That's a, that's a good pick for sure. Um, yeah, Brad, I wanted to ask you about Rick Porcello too, because I know that you, uh, pay a little more attention to batted ball types and, and those kinds of hitters, and so ground ball guy supposedly in Fenway. Um, how does that look for you for Blue Jays hitters? Uh, you know, uh, Scott mentioned Encarnacion, but are you looking for uh, fly ball hitters against Porcello? Or are you looking for ground ball hitters? Uh, what's that matchup like for you when you're trying to pick against them specifically? Hopefully a little bit easier than Ari Dickey. Yeah, so generally when you have a guy who's, <clears throat> excuse me, when you have a guy who's predictable with ground balls, uh, you can look for a fly ball pitcher. You're looking for the opposite tendency out of the hitter okay. uh, for it to be a, uh, a advantageous matchup. Uh, similarly for pitchers, if uh, they're ground ball pitcher and they're facing much ground ball hitters, that's a good matchup for them. Okay. So you'd be looking for um, from maybe not the the power hitters or at least the fly ball guys as much uh, from Toronto. So, yeah, so Encarnacion's a good one. Uh, Jose Batista murders ground ball pitchers. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. The, the Blue Jays have a lot of guys of high infield fly rates, uh, so those tend to go away a little more when you're against the ground ball guys, and that tends to, uh, in turn, make the offense more valuable. Sure. Uh, one thing I'll say about uh, Rosello in general, uh, his, he kind of got down near a normal ground ball rate last year, and... This year, obviously, just the one start, but he is a little bit uh, leaning towards fly balls and that, right. and his velocity is down, too. Uh, so uh, there, there could be some factors in play to uh, keep an eye on. Uh, but I, I think, in general, you can definitely turn to Blue Jays today if you want to. Yeah, that's going to be an interesting game. Um, the other first baseman I have, I have Prince Fielder and Mitch Moreland um, going. I, I think they're going to be fine. They're never that exciting anymore, but uh, they're getting Vance Worley. And I don't think either of you guys are that worried about Vance Worley, I assume. I, I think everybody gets exciting when they're playing against Vance Worley. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I think there's uh, Rangers to pick there. Um, that crazy Orioles rotation that just doesn't make any sense. It's like parts of it, it feels like the Phillies rotation, but like not exciting. There aren't really Orioles pitchers that actually intrigue me. Um, are you telling me you're not on the Mike Wright train? I'm not on the Mike Wright train at all. Vance Worley. I'm not sure there is a Mike Wright train. We, I'm not sure there is one. I, I get a lot of people telling me Mike Wright is good, and I remember liking him at first based on a few, you know, basic indicators. But I, I see him as a reliever now. Yeah, I don't think yeah. he can start. My expectations for Mike Wright are way low. So if he's any good, I'd be like, oh, yeah, Mike Wright was good. You know, compared to what (laughs) I'm expecting, I suppose. Um, Vance Worley was a guy we used to be interested in in this podcast, too. And I've, you know, it's been a while uh, since I was that interested. And I think Texas will do well against him. So pick uh, those guys. I'm sure we'll be back to that. I also wrote uh, Chris Carter getting Jeff Locke. I like... uh, righties against Jeff Locke. I just like Chris Carter. I like bringing him up all the time, especially in some sort of GPP where uh, you're just hoping for him to run into some. He can definitely put up a zero, 
but um, he could he could easily leave the yard. So I have him. Um, and then I have uh, Albert Pujols again, Tommy Malone. Yeah, that's righty yeah. lefty. Yep. And Albert Pujols is not a superstar, but definitely still has power. Can can still uh, hit it out of here. And Tommy Malone. Okay, so like Tommy Malone and it's good matchups, but um and, and the Angels aren't that scary, but I think Evan Pools will be fine. Um Brad, did you have any first baseman that didn't get mentioned that you want to make sure you get out there? Uh, I'll just uh name drop CJ Crone too, uh, sure. as part of that Angels group. Crone is twenty one hundred on FanDuel, which is kind of ridiculously cheap. Yeah. Uh he hasn't done anything this year. Uh, he's quite cold and kind of shown sides of being a streaky hitter in general, so mm-hmm. Uh, if you're picking him, it's because he costs nothing, yeah. and you need that. Uh, but he could definitely hit a home run or even two in Minnesota. It's not actually a bad park for righty power. It's lefties who get punished. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know Tommy Malone is a lefty, which is good for him. And also, uh, it's not like the Twins bullpen is crazy. So uh, that would be fine. A good uh, super cheap pick. Um, Scott, you have anybody else for a move on? Yeah, one more. Um, I was going to say uh, Jose Abreu. Um, I mean, Jake Odorizzi is fine, but uh, he also isn't the kind of pitcher that scares me off of, of a player like Jose Abreu. And with all the other options on this slate, I think Abreu will probably be pretty lightly owned. Yeah. And he also he hits righties and lefties pretty much equally well. So, yeah, a matchup with Odorizzi doesn't scare me. I think Abreu could be a nice under-the-radar option today. Yeah, if you take him, I don't think a lot of other people will. So if he does go deep, there's points there that are basically all net gain, which is not bad. Yep. Um, all right, Scott, you want to get started at second base? Where, where are you looking at there? Um, I mean, continuing with the theme from yesterday, Rudin and Odor. Yeah. Um, I love Odor against Vance Worley today. Um, his price point, especially on FanDuel, that 2900 is still really low. Um, so yeah, he's he's probably my my top pick at mm-hmm. second base today. I love Odor. Um, you know, the, I think some of the expensive guys are definitely in play at second base today, just due to these matchups. I mean, Jose Altuve gets Mike Pelfrey, uh, D. Gordon gets Williams Perez. Yeah. Those are both. I think those are both worth paying up for yeah. if you want to. Um, then the other guys I had were, uh, you know, Daniel Murphy. Eh, he's he's all right, but you know he gets Hellickson. Um, and then uh, Colton Wong. Hasn't really done a whole lot, but uh, he's he's pretty cheap, and he's got Tim Melville. Yeah, so. I think that Cardinal stack will be popular. He was, he was on my list. You, you listed a bunch of guys I had. Um, and yet, Brad, again, back to asking you about Phillies. What do you think about Daniel Murphy? It's off to a hot start, but uh, do you like that matchup against Helixson? It, it's a solid matchup, yeah. He's yeah. Uh, he's hitting the ball well. Uh, you, you like to see that, obviously. Uh, it shows that the guy's not hurt, at the very yeah. least. Yeah. Uh, he, he's still not that exciting of a player, though. Mm-hmm. And uh, at least on FanDuel, it's a little bit up there in price at 3600 mm-hmm. uh, at, at the same price point, you can get Robinson Cano, who has a yeah. less attractive matchup against uh, Luis Severino, but also hitting in Yankee Stadium. I think yeah. that matchup might scare off a few people when they really shouldn't be. Yeah. Uh, He's a guy who could definitely uh, take advantage of that park. Yeah, if prices are equal, I think that's uh, yeah. more interesting. Yeah, and those prices are equal. So if yeah. I'm looking at Cano or Murphy, I, I'm leaning Cano for sure. sure. Well, yeah, and I mean, you mentioned their prices on FanDuel. You can pay another 200 bucks and get D. Gordon. So, I mean, I'm absolutely yeah, exactly. spending another 200 bucks to get D. Gordon. Yeah, 
I like Dee Gordon a lot. He's he's one of my favorite picks. Again, against Williams Perez, who's a righty, struggles with lefties, also struggles with righties. He's just not very good. Atlanta bullpen struggles struggles with pitching. Yeah, so <laughs> uh, I like Dee Gordon there. Uh, if the Marlins blow him up, Dee Gordon could be involved with a lot of those runs for sure. I like that. I had Rugnetador for sure. Um, I had Colton Wong. I, I'm ready to pick on Tim Melville, sure. Um, can either of you tell me anything about Tim Melville other than he pitches for the Reds? I I, <laughs> I admittedly didn't look into it, but it's sometimes, and maybe this is lazy, but when you're like, oh, I don't know anything about him, that I can probably just assume he's not very good. Uh, would you agree that there's nothing to be scared of here? In terms of yeah, I'm not too concerned about Melville. Uh, he's he's not much of a prospect. Mm-hmm. I had to pull his page back up. I just remember looking at it and kind of dismissing him as someone to worry about. Yeah. Uh, but uh, got the numbers in front of me. Not that many strikeouts. Not really any swing and miss stuff. Uh, a lot of walks. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, not too much control involved. Yeah. Uh, so. so so the whole profile it, it doesn't read that good. He throws 91. Uh, there's you, you're looking at probably a spot starter. Yeah, and he's a little on the old end too at 26. Man, um, and his his walk rates in the high minors are terrifying. Yeah. Yes. So. Yes. Not looking too good. <laughs> so. Uh, so yeah, thing. it could be a really ugly outing. Uh, yeah. The Cardinals also have a uh, you know good patient lineup. Yeah. Uh, they're just good at handling mediocre pitching, and uh, I, I expect them to take advantage of this matchup. Yeah. So that might be able to get Colton Wong started if you want to be a part of that. Uh, I'm fine with that too. Um, Brad, who'd you have at second base that we didn't get mentioned? Well, I mentioned uh, the Cano pick. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, I I just I like him at Yankee Stadium, and I think, like I said, Severino's going to scare off uh, people when maybe they shouldn't. He was a little homer prone last year. I don't know if that's a real thing or just you know something that happened, uh, but it, it's something to keep in the back of your mind as uh, a possible risk factor. Mm-hmm. Uh, Neil Walker is up against Cody Anderson. And I like Cody Anderson. I think he's a yeah. solid pitcher. Uh, but I also think Neil Walker could do fine against him. Uh, he's pretty cheap on FanDuel at 2600 uh, Progressive field actually rewards left-handed power, and Walker has more power when batting lefty. Uh, yeah. So there's a few factors in his favor today for that. Sure, sure. Yeah, I like that. Um, the only name I had that we didn't mention, uh, actually I have two. I mean, take Jason Kipnis getting Bartolo Colon. I think that would be fine. It's yeah. not exciting. I mean, I, I love Bartolo Colon. I don't think that he's an obvious target to pick against, but he's also not one to be scared away from. So uh, that would be that'd be fine. Um, and then uh, the other one I had is Jonathan Scope getting uh, Martin Perez. Um, Jonathan Scope's right-handed and actually prefers the hit righties, at least so far in what we've seen from him in the major leagues. But uh, So it's a lefty in Martin Perez, but I'm not that scared of Martin Perez. He's a pitcher I used to like, and now, you know, he doesn't strike anyone out. Um, not not doing crazy well. So I think Scope could do fine against him. Again, it's uh, technically the platoon advantage, but not what he is looking for. But I, I'm not that worried about it. I don't think that he can't hit lefties. I think he'd be fine there. So um, if you were looking for some pop, um, I think Jonathan Scope would be fine. Um, but yeah, a lot of options at second base. Um, anybody you guys uh, want to get mentioned before we get on to third base? No, no I think nope. we're going to move on. Yeah, there, there's a lot of places to go at second. I think you're good. Um, I had a little more trouble at third. Uh, Brad, what, what are you looking at at third base for Friday? Well, I think there's your obvious top-of-the-market options. Josh mm-hmm. Donaldson, anytime you can afford him, which is never for me. Yeah. Uh, Manny Machado, also looking good up against Martin Perez. Uh, at Carpenter. 
Mm -hmm. uh, nice matchup against Melville. Yeah, uh, so, so you got the, the top of the market's looking very good today. Uh, as, as you dig a little deeper, uh, I liked the uh, Luis Albuena matchup against Mike Pelfrey. Mm -hmm. and that's real deep bargain, uh, twenty four hundred on Fanduel. If he plays, like they've uh, they've been they've been sitting him against righties. Too they they sat him yesterday. I think yeah. they they tend not to sit him two days in a row. So I think we're pretty safe on him actually right. starting. But as always, check check rosters, make sure he's in. Yeah, he's right. not one that's always in, but we definitely like him a lot uh, when he is. He's a popular one yeah. on this podcast. And against Pelfrey, of course, if he's in and he's cheap, uh, go nuts. I'm I'm giving that one a thumbs up for sure. Um, yeah, who else you got, Brad? Uh, I, I think I, I like those as the high level options. You know, there's there's guys like uh, Jake Lamb uh, might be a little under the radar against uh, James Shields. Again, uh, kind of like progressive field, uh, Peco Park has a reputation as being very pitcher friendly, but uh, rewards lefty power a little bit. Mm -hmm. uh, so I, I think Lamb could work out well against Shields, who's definitely very homer prone. Yep, yep, I like that. Uh, Scott, what are you looking at at third base? Uh, one thing I was thinking, we've mentioned most of the guys I had, but, uh, one thing I was thinking, if I'm on DraftKings today, um, I'm probably going to spend the extra 300 bucks to go up from Luis Valbuena to Kyle Seeger. Okay. Um, you know, I'm not going to be picking on Severino a lot, uh, like we were talking earlier, but, I mean, Seeger seems like a really good candidate to go yard in that stadium tonight, and, uh, you know, with his price point being $300 higher than Valbuena's on DraftKings, I think I would probably lean towards Seager. Okay. Uh, I mean, he's not off to the greatest. I mean, that offense is not off to the greatest start, but, um, yeah, Severino's not enough to scare me off of Seager in Yankee Stadium. Sure, sure. Yeah, I, I like that, uh, definitely. You know, either when you want to go him or Valbuena, again, they're close-ish, but I agree. It's that weird thing where you're like, just for a little more money, you get the player you like more, but not as good of a matchup, and then you get a sort right. of like weighing in your head uh, where exactly it fits for you, but... Yeah, uh, I approve of that. Um, yeah, top of my list was definitely Matt Carpenter getting Tim Melville. I think there's a lot of runs to be had there, and he's going to be involved in them. Um, and then uh, Manny Machado getting Martin Perez. Uh, you mentioned uh, Machado. Uh, a lot of those Brewers guys, or sorry, those Orioles guys, uh, are right-handed and hit righties, and he's one of them. Um, but he's getting a lefty, and like Jonathan Scope, I don't think he's like has some weakness against lefties. Won't be able to figure it out. He can take on Martin Perez. Manny Machado's awesome. He'll be fine. Um, so I, I like that uh, with the platoon advantage, which maybe or maybe is not an advantage. He'd be okay. Um, but yeah, my list for third base was short between you know those guys and going somewhere cheaper like Lamb. I like that as well. Um, are there any other cheap options you guys like at third base if you you're not looking to spend up there? Not really. Yeah, it, it, nothing really, you know, stuck out to me too much personally. Um, how about you, Brad? Yeah, I, I think I gave you my two cheapies yeah. and uh, Valpolina and yeah. Lamb. It's a, uh, it's a can, short. You could try like Travis Shaw up against yeah. uh, Dickey. Yeah, that could if, work out if you want to roll the dice against Dickey. Why not? Yeah. You know, it's, it's a throwing your arms in the air a little bit. Um, yeah, it's a, <laughs> it's a short list at third base, but I don't think it's a bad list at all. I think you definitely have have good options and places to go. Um, let's move on to shortstop. Also a shorter list for me. But um, Brad, where are you thinking of going at shortstop today? Well, you got to start with Carlos Correa if you have the money. Mm -hmm. uh, up against Mike Pelfrey, it's it's too good. Yeah. <laughs> you have to do it if you have the money. Yeah. And because he is expensive, that'll hold his ownership rate down a little bit, especially mm -hmm. with all his aces going. Uh, the guy I'm kind of 
fixated on once you, you scan down the list a little further. Uh, I, I like a lot of Mr. Diaz, uh, or Diaz, mm-hmm. uh, with the Cardinals. Uh, very good contact hitter. Uh, enough plate discipline that he's not going to get outs, uh, you know, give away anything free. Uh, hits down in the order, uh, but could be someone in that Cardinal stack that's a little less popular mm-hmm. uh, and still contributes to the uh, overall game. And we're kind of expecting at this point for the entire lineup to get five plate appearances. Yeah, they'll they'll do well, and you know, making contact and putting in a play will be good. You know, and yeah, I, again, that that Cardinal stack might be a big one today. I agree. Um, I had, uh, Xander Bogarts getting Ari Dickey. Again, if you just want to put your hands in the air and say, I don't know. Uh, I don't think that's bad. It's not confident, but I think that would be fine if it fits your price point and you don't have anybody else that you really like. is the big one. Could have a huge game. Um, I wrote down Marcus Semyon because he's been so hot. And he gets Edinson Volquez. But Marcus Semyon, uh, has shown to prefer lefties. And so I don't love this matchup. I think he deserves a mention just because he's doing well. And I like him as a player in general. Has some power, has some speed. But um, probably not my favorite day for him. Just, again, uh, I like him against lefties. And kind of hate... We talk about a lot. I kind of hate the Royals and DFS in general. They're kind of hard to pick against because they have a good defense and a good bullpen. You know, even when yeah. you want to pick against their starters. And you don't want to pick pitchers against them a lot of times because they don't strike out that much. You know, and, right. and so... The Royals in general are just kind of a bad taste in my mouth when it comes to DFS. Where I'm like, I don't like either side of that dealing with them. So um, yeah, they're they're a team I stay away from in general. Yeah, so I like Marcus Semyon, but I, I can't. Their hitters are cheap sometimes. Yeah, and that sometimes works. Yeah. My my problem with Semyon right now is like move the guy up in the lineup. He's the yeah. only guy on that entire team who's hitting the ball right now, and they're still sticking him in the eighth spot. Yeah. So I think that really limits his fantasy upside. I mean, being in the eighth spot in a terrible lineup is just not doing him any favors. Yeah, yeah. I like him. I like him for full season fantasy. Definitely, you know, you know, some homers and some speed, but it's hard to pick him against Volquez. So again, deserves a mention. Spent a lot of time pick, talking about a guy <laughs> that I'm not recommending, uh, but I like him. I think he's interesting. Um, uh, I also like, and this guy, I keep bringing him up, and maybe it's because I just loved him in fantasy, you know, a couple of years ago, but Jonathan VR getting a Jeff Locke. Yeah, uh, yeah. Yep. Yeah, yep. I, I like VR. Um, he has some power. He definitely has speed. He's a switch hitter. If you want to pick on Jeff Locke, which I don't think is crazy, I think he'll be fine there. Uh, well, and I've also, I've been, I've seen way too many Jonathan VR games over the years uh, mm-hmm. because when, when he was in AAA, that was when the I live right outside of Oklahoma City, as you may have guessed. Um, <laughs> but they uh, uh, right when he, when he was playing in AAA, the Astros affiliate was in Oklahoma City, and man, I saw Jonathan Villar play a lot of baseball, and the dude yeah. mashes lefties, yeah. mashes them. Yeah. So and he always has his biggest. I mean, his big problem getting to the majors was well, a lot of things, but one of them was hitting righties. But man, he has always demolished left-handers. My cats are fighting. I was yeah. the, I was, yeah. that. I'm sitting here trying not to laugh. Now. Is, yeah, yeah, no, this is this is some this is some good background theater we've yeah. got going on yeah. here. We, we needed to tweet out some cat fights. Get yeah, some <laughs> for our uh, our viewers. Yeah, uh, one. Yeah, I, I I love I love the art today against Locke and his price. Yeah. You, you can. 
not beat that price. Yeah. Um, yeah. So one Scott pointed to his hat for you for you audio listeners later wearing his Oklahoma City Thunder <laughs> hat. Uh, and point, two, yeah. uh, in literally in the background of his webcam, his cats are fighting, um, which is great. <laughs> uh, this is the fun they, part. They seem to have calmed down now. I, they they yeah. get they get very excited when I start talking about Jonathan VR. So. Yeah, I understand. <laughs> yeah, uh, they're uh, big fans. The fun of doing a video podcast on Fridays. It's good. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so I have VR and I don't think he's that popular. I think people like him, but he's definitely not, you know, a quote unquote household name. Not a, you know, some fantasy, you know, players like him, but he's got, not going to be anywhere near uh, what Correa's got going on. So that might be my pick, but, uh, I didn't have a lot else. Um, Scott, where were you looking at shortstop, you know, for more options um... other than like Carlos Correa? Yeah. The only other one I had today was uh, Francisco Lindor. Uh, you know, once again, I like Bartolo Colon, but he's also not not going to scare me off of Lindor right now. Yeah. Um, I think Lindor would be perfectly fine if, if you wanted to go that route instead of instead of Correa. You know, maybe you want to spend a little less money, but you don't want to go all the way down to, you know, the, the value picks with the R. I think, uh, I think Lindor might be a good middle ground there. Sure. Yeah. yeah. That, that's agree. a good recommendation. Um, Brad, did you have any others before we move on? Well, J.J. Hardy has a nice matchup, and if you believe his power's back, then uh, he's got a power park, and yeah. uh, Martin Perez. Man, I love J.J. Hardy, and there were, <laughs> you know, for a long time, he was a favorite fantasy guy of mine, and I'm, even I'm not on the train. You know, he had those couple homers at Fenway the other day, and they both just barely got out. Like, it looked good on the stat sheet, and it's <laughs> like, if you saw it, like, they yeah. are not bombs at all. Uh, so Plus, he's also he's also fifty eight years old. Yeah, uh, I love JJ Hardy. I'm gonna be sad when he stops playing, and he does like to hit lefties. That's a good matchup. So if you believe there's some left in the tank, like go ahead and take him. He's gonna be cheap, and it's yep. just sad. Even though I have loved him forever, he's <laughs> he's. I'm not sure even I'm taking that. Um, okay, so let's move on to the outfield, where there's always a ton of options. I was saying on Thursday. Um, I had recommended Bryce Harper against Julio Tehran because he, you know, Julio Tehran struggles against lefties and struggles on the road. And then Bryce Harper hits a grand slam. And I'm like, I tweeted this, like, you can't really take credit for a Bryce Harper recommendation. Like, see, I told you he's good. Like, I, yeah, we know. And so uh, I like the matchup. Uh, he gets Hellickson. I like Bryce Harper again. I think that's a good matchup for him. I think he'll do well. But... Duh. Like, there's just no... You can't take any, like, pride in that. Like, it's like Clayton Kershaw also pitches on Friday, and I can't... I can I, I can recommend him, but if he does well, you can't go, oh, see, I, I called that one. Um, But, yeah, Harper's at the top of my list, I think, if you want to spend on him. Now's as good as any day. Uh, Alexson, you know, after that start, that's fine, but I'm not worried about it at all. Um, Brad, where else are you thinking of going at a outfielder? Are there any other obvious ones that jump off uh, off the list uh, for the start for you, and then uh, any deeper ones? Yeah, so you know the top four guys on Fanduel: it's Harper, Trout, Stanton, Batista. Yeah, they're all very obvious. They all have yep. very nice matchups today. Yeah, uh, if you can afford them, and you know you want to go in any of those directions, do so. They're all. Uh, I, I don't. I, I kind of like the. Uh, Angel stack in general today mm-hmm. uh, as something that would be a little less popular. Yeah, uh, you're gonna have uh, another guy, uh, not an obvious pick, uh, Craig Gentry, 2100 on Fanduel, probably will bat second, okay. and you know that's 
all you're really getting out of him. He doesn't have power. Hopefully he'll give you multiple hits. Hopefully Mike Trout will drive him in a bunch of times if you pick Trout. Uh, but he's a nice little plug-in if you're trying to get an expensive hitter and use a Clayton Kershaw. Uh, there's uh, Cardinals. You know, that, that's sure. a stack we've talked about a few times. Uh, Steven Viscotti. Uh, Randall Grichuk, um, you know, whoever else is in. Um, I was, was going to ask you, uh, it seems like Jeremy Hazelbaker has like worked his way into like starting in that lineup. He's left-handed. I'm I'm guessing he's out today because okay. he's lefty. Uh, and against... they have uh, time, time alone on the hill. And they have so many guys they have to try to start, too. No, it's uh, uh, Hazelbaker of the Cardinals is getting Tim Miller. Oh, right, right, right. I, I got yeah. the matchups mixed up. You're yeah. right. He, he will be in there. He should be uh, in there. So, but are you yeah. buying at all? He's had some pop early. So, days. yeah, I, I bought yesterday when he was 2300 I yeah. think he's like 31 or 3200 today. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he's 31 today on FanDuel. So not so much buying at that price, but definitely when he's below 3000 Are you buying him as a fantasy option in general? I mean, it's kind of a as long, long as he's batting second, he's a fantasy option. Um, yeah, yeah. Skill, skills are not as long as yeah. the Cardinals are believing in him. You kind of have to. Too. Yeah, I mean, he's got a little bit of power. He's got a little bit of speed. He's going to give you five categories of production. Yeah, so you know, price dependent. You can take a look at him against Tim Melville in this matchup. Like, and if yeah. he's high in that lineup, yeah, I agree. If you get you know a pulse uh, in that spot, um, Scott, where were you looking in the outfield? Um, as far as the more expensive guys, uh, yeah, I love Harper and Trout today. Um, you got to love Giancarlo Stanton once again, Williams uh-huh. Perez. Um, the one that if you're if I'm spending up for an elite outfielder, um, you know, Brad was saying earlier, you know, I don't pay a whole lot of attention to uh, you know batter versus pitcher data either, unless it's crazy. And in the case of Jose Bautista against Rick Porcello, it is indeed absolutely crazy. Sure. Uh, in his career, he's 13 for 28 with three homers. Sure. And, you know, so <laughs> all batter versus pitcher stuff is small samples, but when that sample is hitting 500 with a home run every nine at bats, that's uh, that, that says a little something to me. Sure. So, uh, yeah, Jose Bautista looks really good to me today. Um, I've got, I mean, I've got a bunch of guys here. Do you want me to go, like, mid-range or, like, low-end? Um, yeah, yeah we, we'll give me a few of each for sure. Okay, um, in the kind of mid-range guys, uh, obviously like Christian Yelich, mm-hmm. um, once again, Williams Perez, Colby Rasmus, broken record, Mike Pelfrey, um, Mark Trumbo, love yes. Mark Trumbo today. I'm very high on Mark Trumbo today. He destroys left-handed pitching, hit a home run off of Cole Hamels last night. Uh, he homered off of Martin Perez last year. I yeah, I I'm all over Mark Trumbo tonight in that kind of mid range slot, especially on FanDuel, he's thirty five hundred bucks. Yeah. That that's super cheap against a lefty. I think that's a really good option would be Mark Trumbo. Um another guy I love, 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 love today, if you want to spend down a little bit more, is Domingo Santana. Sure. Uh at Pittsburgh against Jeff Locke. Now Domingo Santana this guy, you want to talk about a lefty killer. San, Domingo Santana, that's always been his greatest strength as a player, is just mm-hmm. absolutely murdering lefties. Uh, so I think Domingo Santana could be great today. Um, I like Nomar Mazzara, mm-hmm. uh, Vance Worley. 
Um, and uh, you know, if he's playing, and he has been lately, Preston Tucker, I'm gonna keep, I'm gonna keep riding the Preston Tucker value train as long as they keep putting him in the lineup, especially against a guy like Pelfrey. Yep, yeah, that's, that's one of Matt's favorite guys, and we were talking about it the other day. He's got to get in the lineup, and you know, if he is, great. And they have kind of a crowded lineup, especially with Evan Gaddis coming back. But if he's in there, uh, we like him. He's able to deliver on his price. I like mm-hmm. those guys you listed. I, I also love Mark Trumbo. That's kind of a have to use number two guy. Uh, yeah. If you like Domingo Santana, you can take Ryan Braun. You know, he still hits and he gets Jeff Locke. I think picking on Jeff Locke's okay. Um, I like those guys. Uh, the only guy, I guess there's two guys I have that you guys haven't talked about. You could take Gregory Polanco against Jimmy Nelson. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. Uh, he'll yep. do fine. And then um, if you want to get a lefty in that Blue Jays outfield, it's Michael Saunders getting Rick Porcello. And mm-hmm. Michael Saunders is. Always been interesting, but also always been hurt. Um, but he's in the lineup and he's hitting, and so I, I like him against Porcello. I think there's runs to be had there. Um, Brad, did you have any outfielders that we didn't get to that you want to mention? Uh, I mean, I think you covered you know yeah, the, most of the names. Just, sure. Uh, Wanted to make sure you didn't have anybody left Brianna behind. Who always has multi-homer threat potential. Yeah. Uh, he, he he's the one that really stands out to me as someone who could be one of the top DFS guys that we didn't mention. Sure. Uh, other guys, are just playing guys who have potential to be productive. Like, even like uh, uh, last week we talked about using lefties versus lefties as kind of a, a sneaky way of getting guys in. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cole Calhoun against Tommy Malone would be a, a, an example of that. Sure. Uh, it, you know, the, the, these are more mid-tier type guys. Uh, this is going to be a crazy day. Yeah. Uh, you have these aces. Uh, you have all these terrible pitchers, too. Uh, so it's going to be very high scoring. Yeah. Uh, let's get on to pitchers, because again, you mentioned, we've been talking about, there's a lot of aces, there's a lot of games we didn't mention, and it's because, like, Bumgarner's face in Kershaw, which is really <laughs> yeah. exciting to watch, but in DFS, you kind of go, pass, you know, you might pick them, you know, as pitchers, even though they have, you know, tough guys uh, opposite them, but there's no picking against them. Um, Zach Granke gets the Padres uh, against Shane <laughs> Shields, uh, that's, you know, that's a... Slump buster, I suppose you could say, hopefully yeah. for him, trying to turn things around. You're going to get the Padres as a right-hander. Like, great. Uh, I'm not shying away from picking him. Even though he hasn't looked great, uh, you could go fine there. Um, I mentioned Bumgarner. I mentioned Scherzer. Or, sorry, uh, Kershaw, uh, not Scherzer. Um, Garrett Richards getting the Twins will be fine. I like Garrett Richards. Yeah. And, um Brad, you tweeted at me the other day that, you know, I said, you know, it's, the Padres are so bad, and it sounds like you don't have much faith in the Twins either, right? No, they got a ton of strikeouts in their lineup, too. Yeah. Uh, especially, uh, well, Buxton's probably out today. Mm-hmm. Uh, seems like he's going to be uh, taking some time off. Yeah. Uh, but probably got, not uh, a bad Park. idea. Yeah. Yeah, he's still got Park uh, striking out a ton. Uh, Sado strikes out a ton. Yeah. Uh, Eddie Rosario strikes out. Uh, Brian Dozier strikes out. You know, it's a whole lineup of guys who strike out, and Joe Mauer. I I like the Twins against lefties. There's a bunch of intriguing options against a lefty. When they get a righty, it's like, yeah, Garrett Richards is a good matchup. There is the point. Um, um I love Richards today too. Actually, um, uh, I've been watching Richards since he was playing college ball because he went to the University of Oklahoma. And um, <laughs> last week during the Cubs. Uh, 
uh, Cubs Angels game on ESPN2, Dallas Braden actually brought up on the ESPN2 broadcast the article I wrote on Richards in December, oh, um, cool. which was which was pretty cool. Uh, and I, I'm not, I'm still not entirely sold on Richards overall, but uh, man, you, like you said, righty facing the Twins. Um, the Twins, I looked this up against right-handed pitching. The Twins' strikeout rate is currently 32% oh against right-handed pitching. That is just unreal. Um, As a team, that's I mean, pretty bad. Yeah, and you, you, you pair a 32% strikeout rate against a pitcher who's been striking guys out so far. Uh, Richards has been punching guys out this year. And then with Tommy Malone on the other side, I mean, is there any doubt that the Twins are going to lose their 10th straight today? I mean, yeah. I, think, I think Richards is a great pick. You know, he's yeah. going to get tons of strikeouts. He's got that win pretty much in his back pocket. Yeah, uh, I like that um, for sure. I, I think there's there's ones we had there. In terms of trying to pick an easy win, uh, you got to have your eye. We talked about Cardinals all day. Carlos Martinez getting the Reds. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. He's not only talented, and that Reds the Reds team is okay. I like him a little more against lefties also. Um, but uh, there's there's some spots there for sure. But Carlos Martinez should do fine, right? Especially opposite yeah. Tim Melville. Um, that that's a the good one, one thing. I I do like Martinez a lot, and I mean, obviously, Tim Melville, easy win. Uh, the Reds don't hit righties a whole lot. The only caution I would have against Martinez is that the Reds really don't have a whole lot of swing and miss in that lineup. Sure. Um, I mean, on the other hand, I do think Martinez has the stuff to still generate plenty of whiffs, and you right. know, uh, he should be fine. That is that is the one thing I would caution is that. For as bad as the Reds seem to be against right-handed pitching, they really don't strike out much. Sure. Yeah, so the upside yeah. isn't as crazy. That, that's a good point. Right. Um, we didn't mention any Tampa Bay Rays today. Uh, that's because they get Chris Sale, and any day is a fine Chris Sale day. Uh, it's not an amazing matchup for him, but he's relatively matchup-proof, I would say. So if you want to go with Chris Sale, I, I think you guys will probably agree with me. That's good. Um mm-hmm. Brad, are there any other aces that I didn't mention? Any obvious ones that are sticking out to you? That before we get uh, you know, I don't really think more clever. The, the next tier down is uh, falls under an obvious category. I, I I don't really expect Luis Severino to be popular today, even though he's someone I do expect people to shy away from uh, mm-hmm. when it comes to using Mariners. Sure. Uh, so you know, he he's a good pitcher. Uh, there there will be days where I kind of consider him a borderline ace, uh, probably not today. Yeah. Uh, probably not in general at Yankee Stadium. There's just so many home runs there. Sure. Uh, I, we've talked a little bit about picking on Edison Volquez. I, I like him a lot today against the A's. Uh, kind of a very tepid offense there, too. Uh, we mentioned Semyon's really the only guy hitting. Mm-hmm. I don't really think he'll hit well against Volquez. Uh, you know, it's not really a good matchup for him, in my opinion. Uh, Volquez is looking pretty sharp. Uh, he's hitting spots. Mm-hmm. Uh, He's he's got he's always had nasty movement on that fastball. It's just a matter of you know commanding it, not giving up cookies. Yeah. And uh, you know right now he's hitting his spots and looking very sharp. Uh, yeah. So uh, I, I like him today as someone who might be a little less popular and uh, you know still offer that uh, you know high end ceiling. Yeah. Uh, I just it's so hard for me to get excited about Bulkheads. That just might be me. Yeah, though, he's cause... risky. I, I, I won't back down from that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You're going to be much safer taking a Chris Sale or a Zach Greinke, but yeah. I think the biggest, you know, I, I love Volquez today too. I mean, you look at what he did against, you know, the Twins are another team that is terrible against righties, just like the Padres. And mm-hmm. so Volquez's last start against the Twins, 
uh, zero walks, which when was the last time that happened at an Edinson Volquez start? Sure. Uh, <laughs> but zero walks and ten strikeouts in five and two-thirds against the Twins. Um, so that's both the good and the bad there. Uh, the reason that Volquez stays you know, in the second tier for me is that his pitch count can get high so quickly. Oh, yeah. That, uh, I mean, I think his upside is limited quite a bit by the fact that there's a lot of times where he's thrown 100 pitches and he's just gotten through the fifth. Yeah. The, uh, but I do, I mean, <laughs> as you saw in his last start, he may not need more than five and two-thirds because he picked up ten strikeouts in that game. Yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, I have to talk about, probably we'll talk about him every five days this year, but I got to. Rich Hill is getting uh, the Royals. I love Rich Hill. I think it's a lottery ticket. I think he's super fun. And when we did our opening day broadcast, I, I was saying, keep in mind DFS is for fun. And we brought it up a few times this year when it comes to pitchers or even just players that are like, what's the fun in picking that guy? Um, I, and so if I want to have fun, uh, Rich Hill is just is is really interesting. Um, he gets the Royals, and I know I said that, you know, stay away from them. You know that they're not they don't strike out that much. They're not that interesting. But Rich Hill, when he's on, has been crazy. And a lot of people are trying to figure out what happened at the end of last year, what's going on this year. Um, it has to do with release point. Uh, is has been what I've heard a little bit. But um, when he's on, there's there's really good stuff there. You get an ace performance from a not ace. So um, depending on his price, I like that. Um, Matt and I have this contest uh, where we, you know, stream pitchers that are less than 50% on. We pick one for each day. He's still under 50%, which I I guess I get it because he hasn't shown that much yet. Um, but uh, he's definitely my pick for today in that contest. Um, and I would consider him in DFS. It's not a great matchup, but he's just shown to be crazy when he's on. Um, Brad, do you have Rich Hill opinions other than who knows what's going on there exactly? <laughs> yeah, uh... <sighs> So I, I tried to dig deeper into him this off season, and it's tough. I, I came away kind of baffled because you know the uh, I mostly looked into pitch effects stuff, and it didn't read as like someone who should have done well. Mm-hmm. Like it, it just looked like you know maybe a middle back of the rotation guy, uh, someone who should have trouble if he's you know not hitting his spots uh, pinpoint. Or uh, if he's up against uh, the wrong type of offense, I, I think it was aggressive offense, as I expect him to be bad against. Mm-hmm. Uh, which Royals are one of those, uh, yeah. so keep that in mind too. Yeah. Uh, it, it, I did come away somewhat confused. Uh, I kind of just waved it off as a small sample thing. Uh, so far, so good through two starts, though, and yeah. uh, uh, you know. Especially that last one, a big 57-point day for FanDuel. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's, uh, you can't ask I, for too much more than that. I'm I'm in on Rich Hill. It, it, maybe that's just me, <laughs> but I'm, I'm in. Again, it's not a great matchup. It's not a slam dunk today. But if you are want to play GPP and you're feeling lucky and you could get you know ace numbers out of a not ace, the, the upside is definitely there. Um, anyway, yeah, that's my, my spiel on Rich Hill. I'm just excited. Every time I see him on the schedule, I'm like, yes, let's do it. Um we didn't mention uh, many White Sox hitters today either because they get Jake Odorizzi. Uh, I like Jake Odorizzi. I think he'll be fine. You know, they're hitting. They're doing well, but I'm not that scared. Um, the biggest problem with Jake Odorizzi is he's pitching opposite Chris Sale. So it might be a tough day for him. But if you want to go there, I don't think that's terrible. Um, you mentioned liking Cody Anderson. 
Uh, I'm not sold on Cody Anderson, but I don't hate him. I'm just pretty indifferent. But he gets the Mets, and they've been cold. Um, would you actually consider taking Cody Anderson in DFS, or is the not, lack of strikeouts? Too, is the know, lack of strikeouts kind of holding him back? It, it, it is the lack of strikeouts. Yeah. It, the matchup's right. Like Marco yeah. Cologne in the Mets. That's the matchup you're looking for with Anderson. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's just when you look at what else is out there today, there's going to be pitchers who put up big point totals, and Anderson is really a uh, you're you're looking at a middle ceiling. Yeah. Uh, you're, you're hoping to get uh, a 30 point game on FanDuel, and you need more than that today. Yeah. Well, Cody Cody Anderson today is absolutely 100 percent site dependent. I think you'd have to be insane to play him on FanDuel, but on DraftKings where you've got two pitcher slots, that's uh, true. I, that that's a whole different it's a whole different conversation on DraftKings, especially since he's. $5,000 on, on DraftKings today. He is literally the lowest-priced pitcher on DraftKings. Yeah. Uh, so well, that, that, That's I mean, insanity. It, <laughs> yeah, right? So, I mean, if you're looking at him on DraftKings, you've got, I mean, he's 6500 on FanDuel, and he's 5000 on DraftKings. And when you got to slot in that second pitcher, uh, I mean, if I'm playing on DraftKings, I'm giving Cody Anderson a hard look today because that Mets offense is a mess. Yeah, yeah. Again, I mean, not... And, yeah, he's, he's, he's not going to strike anybody out. Uh, but you he's know, but, yeah, I mean, and when you when you when you're talking about your second pitcher in in a DraftKings lineup, and when he's basically costing you the absolute minimum possible salary, I think he's definitely in play. Is he um, literally? How much does Tim Melville cost there? Uh, I don't have it open oh, anymore. Okay. I just wrote that down as a little note. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm like, if he's cheaper than Tim Melville, that's nuts. It was it was real close. Melville might have been like a hundred bucks cheaper, but yeah, um, that that's not right. Uh, so there's a value there. Again, um, I talk a lot about uh safety and, and volatility and, and upside. And if you're in a smaller group, if you're playing a fifty fifty or whatever, you just need like a decent day, or you just playing against like ten people. Picking that medium upside thing's okay. Going the safe bet like Anderson's right. If you're in a GPP and you need like something crazy, you probably have to go with like Rich Hill or someone um, with with upside and and a little more under the radar. Um, not more under the radar than understand Anderson, but just uh, that can actually do something big. And we don't expect anything huge out of Anderson, but um, right, yeah. Um, the last name on my pitcher list um, is Wei and Chen getting the Braves. Yep. Uh, yeah. Wei and Chen's. Yeah. Kind of a streamer we've always liked on this show, also, and he's fine. But the Braves are not good, and anybody they have that's kind of good is left-handed. You know, I mean, I I'm huge on Wei Yin Chen today. I'm definitely going to be rolling out some Wei Yin Chen lineups. Uh, first of all, the Braves are hitting 199, 298, 277 as a team. So uh, your team slugging percentage is lower than your team on base percentage. That, yeah. that is special. Uh, <laughs> this lineup is especially bad, too, when you look at it against lefties because they're one through three hitters, Malik Smith, uh, Nick Marquez, and Freddie Freeman, all left-handed, so yeah. your top of the lineup is going up against uh, same-handed pitching. Chen is at home in Miami. Got to like the park. Uh, I think his ownership is going to be super low. Uh, first of all, he had that poor first start. He had the second start delayed by a couple days. And there's just so many options on this slate that I think Chen is really going to go overlooked. And you want to talk about an easy W. He's going yeah. up against Williams Perez. I mean, he's going to win this game. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, Wei and Chen's looking real good to me today. Yeah, I like I like Wei and Chen. If I were playing, I could see, like, a, a Wei and Chen safety 
plus like Rich Hill, you know, throwing a dart mm-hmm. and, and hoping mm-hmm. for a bunch of strikeouts or something. Um, yeah. yeah. And then again, there's a bunch of aces. Um, Brad, did you have any pictures we didn't mention that you're interested in? Well, while we're naming everyone, um, might as well throw out Joe Ross uh, gets sure. the Phillies. Uh, a, a guy who most people like a lot more than I do. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I, I still see the matchup uh, against the Phillies, and I have to say it's a good one. Yeah. Uh, he's 7200 on FanDuel. It's a good price today. Uh, yeah. He could stick with the aces in terms of, uh, you know, Upside with strikeouts and with the win, uh, probably not quite the same ceiling, but I, I could see him giving you six or seven innings, about a strikeout an inning, and uh, keeping the Phillies off the board entirely. Yeah, he could totally do fine. Um, Scott, you have anybody else we didn't mention? Uh, no, I think I think that's about it. Yeah. Um, I was who? Okay, so if you're if you guys are setting your lineups tonight, who's who's your your favorite pitcher that you're going to be trying to plug in? Uh, Absolute favorite pitcher, like regardless of price, like who's who's your top guy? Oh, in a uh, vacuum. Yeah. Um, oh I mean, I, well, I mean, like price included, of course, but like you know, oh, okay. just like value per dollar. Who are you playing today? I I'm gonna be going to Granky a lot. Um, yeah, that's who I want to use. I think uh, I, I think I might end up steering away from it. What I've been doing a little bit this year is I build a first lineup and then I look at it for a little bit, and I completely deconstruct it and build a second lineup. Uh, that's uh, you know, completely different than that first group. And the reason I'm doing this is uh, last year I was having problems with uh, you know, my gut instincts and uh, the guys I was picking out as my favorites. Uh, so super popular every day. And so I make money on those lineups because they're good lineups, but I never had a chance of making a lot of money. Yeah. Um, I agree, Granky. Like I said, the Padres are what he needs to turn things around, you know. Well, and I think does... I think his owner I think his ownership's gonna be low. I think yeah. his ownership's gonna be low because there's there's so many other aces on this slate. Mm-hmm. Um his price has dropped a bit after these two f- first two starts, and I don't know. I I'm not worried about him at all. Uh, I mean, maybe you guys yeah. are. I'm absolutely not. And not I, when it comes to the Padres, right? And, I mean, you've got the Padres. Uh, he looked a lot better in his last start, and when you consider the price has gone down, ownership's going to be low. Uh, I think this is going to be 2016's first dominant Granky start, and if you're playing him. You're gonna have those stats a lot. I mean, largely to yourself, because I think a lot of people are just gonna be going elsewhere on this yeah. slate. I I agree that I'm not worried about him this year in a slow start yet. But if he struggles against the Padres, I'm all in <laughs> the worry train. Then I'm like, oh no, this guy's falling. Like then I hadn't even, then I hadn't even hurt. I hadn't even wrong. that. I didn't even consider that as a possibility. Right. Like, I, yeah. like you just blew my mind yeah. with that whole Zach Granke struggles if, against the Padres if, possibility. If he does, then I'm like, oh, he's hurt. Like, oh, something's yeah. wrong. Yeah. Uh, then he this, might not have an arm. Yeah. Then, then you can worry about the couple starts before this, <laughs> and then the sky is falling in Arizona, and I get it. I'm, I'm, let, I'm I'll, ready I'll... to flip completely based on this one start. Right now, I'm like, no, it's fine. But this is bad. I'm like, nope, I'm all in. Something's bad. Something's wrong. <laughs> um, yeah. So I think that's a. I don't think that's going to happen. I think that's a totally yeah. solid pick, and you should go in with confidence. Um, yeah. So that's. Friday, a ton of options. These Friday shows are fun just because there's a billion games going on and you got a lot of aces and a lot of bad pitchers. It's going to be a fun DFS day. Uh, you should all be playing for sure. Um, 
Again, uh, Matt and I do this contest. I'm taking Rich Hill. He's taking Jeff Locke against the Brewers, um, an old favorite of ours. Um, let's take a quick look at Saturday and Sunday before we get out of here. Can, um, I, can, I, can I ask why Jeff Locke is an old favorite? Because uh, he used it's to be... he got to be an old favorite. <laughs> uh, so in this contest, we only pick pitchers under 50% owned on right. Yahoo Leagues. And we yeah. started it two years ago. And he was a fine spot starter a few years ago. And when he has, you know, a good matchup... Like, if you... If and when he gets the Braves, like, totally. Like, right, against right. the Braves, right on. Uh, mm. And he used to be a little more competent, and again, you know, in the, the thriving uh, Pirates thing. He always liked Jeff Locke a little bit more than I did, but when he was good, he drew me in a little bit, too. Um, he just must be picking on the Brewers. I, it's not my pick. I wish he were here to defend it uh, on, <laughs> on his own, but he likes Jeff Locke. I mean, there's Pirates defense, and there's uh, Pirates bullpen also is, is a little bit of help. But again, I, I'm going Rich Hill which is not a great matchup, uh, but I just, again, I love Rich Hill. Um, so, yeah, uh, we also had this episode. For, uh, Cody Anderson. Yeah, uh, you want to, I can, he's eligible. I can put you on our spreadsheet also if you want Cody Anderson. Yes, please. Um, and then uh, we had an episode a few years ago where we talked about Jeff Locke because we found an article where he had, like, gotten investigated by MLB for betting on games. And then it turned out that it was like, I'm trying to remember this, so I'm trying to get the facts straight, but it was a kid that he like went to high school with or grew up with that once he made the major leagues was like, his buddy was like, hey, remember me? We're pals, right? And Jeff Locke was like, we're not suddenly friends again. We are friends in the first place because now I'm in the major leagues. And then this guy from his hometown started like trying to contact him or trying to like get him into betting and Jeff Locke was found completely innocent. Like he wasn't involved in this stuff at all, but MLB definitely investigated it and was like, what is this going on with you and like betting games? And he's like, it's this crazy guy on Facebook. It's not me. Like I'm not doing it. And I don't know. It was a crazy article. I got to dig it back up. Uh, but we talked about it two years ago and it was really, it was really interesting. But yeah, uh, Jeff Locke had this whole like crazy story from like his hometown of guys that were like, trying to get him to throw games and stuff. And uh, so then he just became kind of like a, a Field of Streams trope for us. We're like, oh, it's Jeff Locke. It's the Redstone Rocket was his uh, his nickname. And so that stuck for a while, too. So I think the, the real question here is, has he ever taken a trip to Southeast Asia to free sex slaves? Oh, yes. Wow. If he has, we that haven't is, heard about it I, yet. I didn't... I saw that. I was like, no, I don't. I don't want to know more. This is you do want to know more. It's the craziest thing in the world. Adam Roche is certifiably insane. Yeah, Yeah. Matt's a big White Sox fan, so we had to devote some time to that one. Yeah, Uh, (laughs) that one's gonna be a story for a while too. Um, Anyway, we're gonna look at Saturday and Sunday real quick. Um, So on Saturday. Uh, Matt is taking Tom Kohler against the Braves. That's another favorite spot starter of ours. Uh, he uh, has uh, home road splits, and he likes to pitch at home. And also it's the Braves, so that's a good matchup. Um, I like that, too, just to be contrarian. Um, I'm going to take Erasmo Ramirez, the eraser, against the White Sox, against his White Sox. But um, I asked you guys before, just on Saturday, we're not going to run down at all, but just like... What's uh when you look at the schedule, what's uh popping off the page for you? Either just DFS wise, like oh that's gonna be a good matchup, or just like something you want to watch on Saturday. Uh, start with you, Scott. Um, what did you see on Saturday that was at least interesting to you? Uh, on Saturday, I'm really interested in a big old Cubs stack. Yeah. Yes. Uh, because the Cubs have Christian Bergman. Yes. At home. Uh, 
this, you know, Christian Bergman is one of those guys where, like, every year, you, you know, you start, you, you get, the season gets underway, and you start looking at all these slates for the day, and that name keeps popping up, and just like, why? Yeah. He's, he's still here. This is crazy. So yeah. I'm starting absolutely any Cub that's in the starting lineup um, because I think the Cubs will score, I, I don't know, over under 16 and a half runs for just the Cubs. <laughs> Plenty. Uh, yeah. I'll take the over. I think they're gonna. Yeah. I, think they'll, I think they'll break twenty. Yeah, and that Rocky bullpen. Yeah, um, that'll be exactly what I wrote in the Daily Grind today too. Uh, it's. Uh, I, I, I'm wondering why he's even still on their roster. Like, yeah. I, I could maybe buy him as a major league pitcher, but he clearly doesn't work as a Rockies pitcher. Yeah, and <laughs> they're still trying to use him as a starter. Like, what yeah, is going on with this team? Yeah. Yeah. The Rockies are a mystery. What a what a weird team. It, it, it um, took the Phillies one year to build a rotation of five reasonably right. you know, acceptable people. Yeah. And the Rockies have been trying to do that for decades, like yeah. since their inception. <laughs> it's, yeah. oh, I, I understand it's hard to like tax people, but the Phillies didn't sign any free agents to do this. Yeah. You know, they just went and traded for a couple guys. Right. Uh, the, the other thing I'm watching on Saturday, I'll give you one more. Um, I'm kind of interested to see which version of Johnny Cueto shows up against the Dodgers. Sure. Um, Cueto's been he's he's been very inconsistent in his first two starts, um, and uh, you know road tilt against the Dodgers is not not the easiest thing in the world. So uh, yeah, I'm I'm, in, I'm interested to see uh, to see which version Johnny Cueto shows up. That's not really so much a DFS thing because yeah. I'm not going to be using him, but uh, just as a fan, I think that'll be that'll be an interesting one to watch. See see if he's riding the ship. Yep. Um, Brad, what about for you for Saturday? Anything that so, so I think that Bergman thing is like the main thing uh, yeah. for uh, <laughs> fantasy purposes. Yeah. Uh, two, two games I've kind of have my eye on. Uh, Jared Weaver versus Ricky Nolasco. They both had really good initial starts. Yeah. <laughs> so they have pretty ERAs on the page. Yeah. Uh, but that could be a real nightmare. And Weaver throws soft enough that the Twins might be able to hit him. Yeah. Uh, so. Oh, come now. No, 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 no. <laughs> it, It'll be it, I think that's going to be at least a funny game to watch. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then uh, the, the other one I want to at least keep an eye on, uh, I, I really hope Stephen Wright can carve out a role as the next knuckleballer, because Ari Dickey's just about done. Yeah. And we need knuckleballers. We need another. Yeah. We need another. Yeah. Um, the other one, uh, Brandon Finnegan's pitching again on Saturday, and he was awesome first time out. So at least going to be like, oh, I'm at least going to click that box score. You're like, how's it do this next time? Um, all right. And then on Sunday, uh, Matt and I are both taking uh, Matt Tropiano. Sorry, Nick Tropiano. Um, oh, yeah. He's at home against I the Twins. Too. He's uh, yep. good against righties. He's who we're taking in our contest. He got to figure out if he's going to be able to handle lefties yet, but I'm not worried about that. With, oh, uh, man. Oh, know. my God. Really? Really? He's, he's. oh, my God. Uh, okay. Do I have I, that I, wrong? Uh, Does he murder lefties? Yeah, <laughs> Nick Tropiano has one of the best change-ups I've seen in the last few years. Uh, Tropiano's another guy I saw a ton in the minors. I've probably mm-hmm. sat through, like, ten Nick Tropiano starts at this point. Uh, and his change-up, I wrote an entire Fangraphs article about just his change-up. Uh, okay. Like two years ago, uh, I don't think he's gonna. I mean, I don't. I haven't looked at his splits in the majors right now. I don't know if he has, you know, pl- pronounced platoon splits. But I have him for you. It's okay. It's not a disaster. Uh, it's a 652 okay. OPS to righties, so he's murdering uh-huh. righties um, with a 5.75 strikeout to walk ratio against righties. So dominant. 
Um, against yep. lefties, it's a 704 OPS allowed, so not still not bad, but it's only a 2.0 strikeout to walk. So mm. he's getting it done, but just the control numbers are so huge. And that's in about um, 100 plate appearances, 150 to, to both. Um, so, no, not a disaster to lefties at all. Um, interesting pitcher that we really like, but just there's definitely a split there. Something's going on. Um, but it's I the pulled twins. up some of his pitch FX numbers here yeah. too. Uh, so they're they're kind of different year to year. Uh, mm-hmm. Last year, changeup was very not a good pitch for him. Yeah, yeah. Uh, 385 average at a 500 slug, but overall, uh, it's been generally a good pitch for him. Yeah. I, I like him. I'm in. He's interesting. He doesn't have a huge track record, so he can definitely get better. Like, uh, and again, just against against the Twins, he's gonna be fine. Yeah. Taking uh, him against the Twins. Oh sure. yeah, against the Twins. Yeah. Yeah. So no, I don't think he gets like uh, murdered by lefties by any means. I just know there's a split. Um, right. Anyway, uh, yeah. Who else on Sunday are you guys interested in uh, before we get on out of here? So two guys I want to scout more. Uh, Aaron Sanchez against the yes. Astros. It's a good challenge for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, a good lineup, but also guys who strike out a bit. And so it's going to give us a good idea of uh, you know what we should expect going forward. Is he going to be someone who uh, you know only is of use against some of the weaker rosters, or can he take on some of these uh, high-volatility guys too? Mm-hmm. And then uh, Jeff Samarjo looked really good in cores the other day. Yeah. And yeah. so I want to see how he does against the Dodgers. Yeah, uh, is he back to being Jeff Samarja, or is he still kind of a, a bit of a nightmare? <laughs> right, whatever that means. Sure. Um, and then uh, Scott, uh, what are you looking at on Sunday? Anything jump off the table? Um, one thing I'm really interested in Sunday is seeing if Stephen Matz can uh, do a little more than he showed last time. <laughs> Hopefully, uh, yeah. he's sitting on a 37.8 ERA after yeah. his first start. Um, I like Stephen Matz, but he's one of those guys that I haven't. I haven't watched him myself enough to really know how I feel about him, so I'm going to be watching that game. Uh, he's at Cleveland against Kluber. Um, I mean, so I'm not going to be using him in DFS necessarily, but uh, Stephen Matz is a guy that I, I, I want to know more about him, and I know that he's obviously a lot better than he's shown so far. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I'm interested in that. Uh, just kind of going down the list um, – I uh, yeah, I think the uh, the the Samarja Meta matchup is really interesting on both sides mm-hmm. uh, for the nightcap there. So yeah, I'll definitely definitely be watching the uh, the ESPN game Sunday night. Yeah, that that'll be that'll be fun. All right, so we just talked well over an hour about DFS. Uh, tons of options. It's a crazy day. We went long, but uh, but good stuff. Uh, Scott, thanks for joining us. Glad you could join us. You have an open invite to come on the show anytime. Uh, glad to have you here. Oh, thank uh, you very much. Yeah, Scott, Scott's on Twitter at Scott Strandberg. Sorry we couldn't get you a little uh, image at the bottom with that. That's okay. Um, and Scott, you write at Rotographs. Do you have anything you want to plug? Anything you've been writing? Anything you're real excited about? People should check out. No, people should never read my writing. Okay, it's easy. No problem. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's easy to promote. Don't. Yeah, do that. Uh, you know, I mentioned that Dallas. I mean, if Dallas Braden liked it, I guess people could go read my Garrett Richards piece mm-hmm. from December. Um, I'd recommend that. If Dallas Braden's going to recommend it, I'll recommend it. Sure. There you go. Uh, yeah, he uh, Scott writes at Rotographs uh, along with uh, Brad. Brad, what do you got going on lately? 
Uh, you know, m more of the same. Uh, doing a lot of work for uh, Rotographs, obviously. Also Roto World and uh, Roto Baller. Cool. Uh, so lots of Rotos. Well, uh, Brad <laughs> is on Twitter at Baseball18. Um, again, we're all talking about DFS and stuff, so make sure to give us follows. I'm on Twitter at HigginsFOS. Uh, love to hear from you guys. Uh, Want to know what you guys thought about uh, our second live show, how we can make this better. We're, we're you know, we're kind of figuring it out as we go along, and so the input's really helpful to get things straight. Um, but yeah, we're doing this on Friday mornings. Hopefully you like it. And then uh, I'll be back on Monday, and we're doing this uh, Monday through Friday throughout the year. So hopefully helping your DFS stuff out. Um, thanks again to Scott and Brad uh, for those guys. I'm Dylan. We're out of here. Uh, have a good weekend, and we'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to the Field of Streams podcast. For more fantasy baseball analysis, visit fangraphs.com slash fantasy or follow us on Twitter at Rotographs. 